Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. Katie, what's something overrated? Uh, what's something you think is overrated in these times? I would say growing basil for your own pesto. And I, I'll tell you why. Very you specific. Ba- yeah, you grow basil. Look, you get little seeds. You put them in the dirt. Wow, mm-hmm. you start growing basil. It's great. You, you, you're you now the mother to basil. And you love it. And you take care of it. And it grows big and strong. And you're really careful. And you, you know, you're like, okay, I got to wait until you're big enough so that I can make pesto. Because I don't want to, you know, kill the plant because it's my mm-hmm. baby, can only shave off a little bit of the leaves for the pesto. Then it grows big and strong. And then guess what happens? Aphids happens. Now you got aphids on your plant. You're like, all right, every day is a battle. Every day I'm going in trying to get oh, wow. these aphids off the basil. And then a heat wave comes, and then it kills some of your basil. And then you're like, well, at least maybe the heat wave will kill the aphids. But no, the aphids are alive. The basil is dead. So now you got aphid pesto. Mm. And this applies Damn. to everyone, I-, I believe. And no, yeah, I'm very relatable. Mm-hmm. Um not even a reference to the recent heat wave. I think we're still in the midst of in the Southwest. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, I'm. I support you in the battle against aphids. How do you fight aphids? Like, is I it don't like know. A, you got to pluck them off, or you just shake the shit? You're like, get the fuck out of here. Is it like a tweezer situation? Yeah. You get a pair of tweezers yeah, chopsticks. and you pluck each one, and you hold it aloft yeah. to the rest of them, and you're like, this is what's gonna happen to you. You're gonna yep. get curse gushed. just in. Yeah. Curse each individual one. <laughs> <laughs> Put them on, like get a needle and just like like sort a of, head uh, on a pike, basically. I've, yeah, the, <laughs> Ivan the terrible esque situation. No, I, I think uh, ladybugs. I might sort of recruit some ladybugs. I oh, think you can they order them, them right? online. They eat them. Yes. I, oh, well, wow. yes, you're right. They I do like fight, fight them. them. Yeah, sorry. Fisticuffs <laughs> with the aphids. <laughs> You can catch uh, yeah. them mid combat. Yeah. You're like, oh, zoom <laughs> in on that <laughs> I'm sorry, but yes, yeah. we so like maybe, aphid versus ladybug battles yeah. here. Yeah, I might get some ladybugs. I've heard things like, uh, like I think cayenne pepper on it. So yeah. I tried that, oh, but shit, then I really? just got spicy aphid basil now, which you know doesn't yeah. make it. Though I will say it's not the worst pesto I've had. Right, it gives it a right. bit more protein anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think I was just thinking about your. Thing about ladybugs gave me a random memory of uh, Huel Hauser. Uh, Huel Hauser. Yeah. Did you ever watch that Go- California's Gold episode? Yeah. Where he went to a ladybug farm. <laughs> no, I didn't see what? that one. So in one of the episodes, Huel goes to this ladybug farm, and he's like, "Wow, so this is where they go <laughs> to cultivate the ladybugs." <laughs> and and then they're like, uh, and the guy's like, very not like as enthusiastic about his job as a ladybug like farmer. And he's like, so uh, how, do, how do you get them? And he's like, well, we, they just sort of, <laughs> we, we, we give them a place to sort of proliferate there. And, and they're sort of like, if you, if you sort of lift up that pile of leaves, you'll kind of see where their like the colony is. And he's like, just, just under there. Wow. <laughs> and so he's like, I'm, I'm going to do it. He lifts it up and goes, and he's just, his mind is blown. He even goes to the guy who's like, there's ladybugs under here. And he's like, and the dude's sort of like. Yeah, motherfucker! I just told you that's where they were, and bro, like I got a long day, and like these, these your enthusiasm. I don't know if you're fucking with me or not, but it's a very like pure Huel Hauser 
uh, moment <laughs> just about oh, ladybugs. I think there's a video of Hulhauser losing it over a dog eating an avocado. Yes, yes, he can't. He, he can't deal with it. He's like, he loves avocado. I love. Yeah. Also, like asking the like the owners, like, is that okay? Is that normal? <laughs> is that like, safe? Yeah. I'd, oh, that sure. makes me so happy. That there, is there some. Was- Good regressive content. Damn, I need to. I need to remember Hugh Hauser in these in these dark times. <laughs> There's a Mandy Patinkin clip I I turn to pretty frequently to lift my spirits. Where it's like he's doing an interview about Homeland, and then in the middle, the journalist's wife goes into labor, and he's so excited. He's like, "Wait, you're having a baby, Mazel!" <laughs> like he he like yeah. is so happy and like can't stop congrat. And then. The other like journalist is like, so getting back to Homeland, he's like, I can't stop thinking about this baby. He was just so excited. <laughs> I love that. Damn. Beautiful. Uh we need we need a repository of these feel good clips. It's almost yeah. like it probably one, has that. It's on Reddit already, I'm sure. There's one but. going around on Twitter today of I like I think a BBC newscast where this guy is talking about a remote education and then his cat's tail pops up in the frame. He's like Rocco, please put your tail down. Rocco, <laughs> please. Put your tail down. Rocco, I've, I've lost Rocco. my employment now as a result of your. Oh, dearie me. Rocco, Rocco chap, would you mind just lowering that tail of yours? Just a bit. <laughs> Be a good but- chap, Rocco. Charla, let's talk about your underrated. What's something you think is underrated? Uh, Working for yourself. Mm. <laughs> What's that like? I've not worked in a writer's room since last since the end of the last year. And mm-hmm. um, this has been like the longest stretch of me just working on my own projects. And then also the bittersweet blessing, I call it, of the pandemic, which has slowed the world down to a crawl and right. which has just like made my life so quiet and just let me think for such a long time. Um, and it's just made me really love this time <laughs> this yeah. sounds really terrible it's, no no but, but, you're, but like, aside you're from sort of... what's going on in the world like i've just had a lot of time to work and think on my own projects and imagine what my life might look like if i wasn't working for somebody all the time and yeah. it's been really cool and i want to do more like more of that so more of that yeah, nice. just kind of getting more in touch sort of like with your own creative capability yeah. and it's like not beholden to the expectations of someone yes. else who's like, I need this product and I will use right, all of right, your combined right. intellect to make it for me. Right. Yeah, mm. for sure. Yeah, it's it's all I, I think the other thing, too, where you're saying it's like it feels bad to say that because I know like, yeah, as, like when you're empathetic, like there's there is this like survivor's guilt of like, there shit, is. man, like I'd really it it knowing there's so much suffering is so difficult. And then like. Sometimes I take it, to, I don't give myself enough space to mm-hmm. not be completely consumed by it and not get completely dark and down by it. So yeah. it's like, I think to your point, it's also like really good to have those moments where you can just see like within your own immediate life experience that you you can carve out these moments to give yourself some kind of, you know, stability and solace because we got to keep our batteries Absolutely. charged for a fucking long time. So mm-hmm. yeah, get those charges whenever you can. I learned a long time ago how to compartmentalize this kind of thing. You know, like, yes, because the world's always going to do some fucked up shit. (laughs) Like, I think Mm -hmm. there's always going to be 
something nothing's gonna be perfect and i like i was talking about acceptance earlier of like being able to just accept your sweat and this is part of that (laughs) like just being (laughs) able to accept that the world is not perfect people are not perfect but i can still have genuine moments of joy during the pandemic and not feel guilty about my joy and like really be in the moment and present and grateful for being alive not not having a situation where i'm struggling where uh my family is struggling like i feel like really really grateful um because i know it could be so much worse and so i'm not going to like i don't let what's going on make me just like make me not be able to fully enjoy my life right well also not being becoming like apathetic or disaffected yeah. by everything yeah. else yeah it's true that you yeah like we can hold many realities right. to be true and i have once. those moments of course but oh, yeah. you know i can only do that for so long yeah shout out to my therapist Here's i have my to right. say I, I highly recommend like a very dumb person's uh, understanding of buddhism and the concepts of buddhism because uh i've just like started to think about like the very most basic ideas of like yeah, when you have stress, just experience the stress and don't be like yes. stressed out by the stress. But like, yeah. you know, there that is the part of the human experience and like yeah. observing the stress. Uh, and I got all that from uh, this new book. I got Idiot's Guide to Buddhism. Uh, <laughs> and uh, no, I just like picked it up in a couple different places. But it really is like just yeah. a very well, we spent- basic idea that I feel like in the Western world we're well, not so as much, familiar with. So much is about control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to experience emotions that are sort of run counter to like, you know, satisfaction or just like sort of like this flatlining stability. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're like you you're like, I don't want to be stressed. And now you're stressed because right. you don't want to be stressed. Exactly. And fear, like, to fear. your point is just be like, yo, you know what? These are tools like over millions of years. This like physical corpse I'm in, like develop yeah. these weird ways of figuring shit out through the brain and eyes and ears and all that shit to stay alive. And some of that shit is a little dated. So sometimes the alarms go off when they don't need to. But yeah. it's about saying like, oh, okay, so the alarm went off on the back door. Oh, it's just windy. It's not the right. same. <laughs> not, somebody didn't break in. It's just right. windy and it, it doesn't close all the way. So sometimes it goes off like that. And just be able to. And I think the most important part is telling yourself that you consent to feeling that way. Yeah, That's an important step in sort of dealing with those emotions being like taking a breath and be like, I'm like, I consent to being stressed because I know that's not solely what my existence is. That's just a sensation mm-hmm. I'm feeling and I consent mm-hmm. to that. Thing. I just started being able to enjoy Sundays because Sundays used to be the, th- I would be Spookiest stressed day about the, the fact that my happy, relaxing time was coming to an end. Yeah. So it's like, I'm stressed by happiness because the happiness is fleeting. And it's right, just right. like, that's, that's something that, <laughs> like when even joy uh make gives you anxiety like that's a problem um, <laughs> wait until you can experience joy on monday <laughs> like yeah, when yeah. it comes and on sunday like, yep monday's I mean, here it's I'm doing some stuff i don't want to do mm, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you guys ever watched midnight gospel yeah it's old yeah i feel like it came out a while ago but i literally just started watching it like last night and it's amazing (laughs) i love it so much it talks about like very profound it's an animated show that talks about these really profound issues yeah it's duncan trussell uh talking to he's like kind of a trippy like what what would a psychonaut like he uh has like done a lot of you know thinking and experimenting with the psychedelic things and 
uh, just has really interesting thoughts. And so it's like a, it's what it's one of the rarest uh, type of shows in that like you can, you can totally enjoy it as a purely audio experience. You can enjoy it purely as a visual experience. And then like when they link together, it's pretty cool too. It's excellent. I love it. Yeah. Katie, what is something, what's a myth? What's something that people think is true, you know to be false, or vice versa, vice versa, rather? Yeah, so I actually kind of, I think something that a lot of people are thinking about more now that we're all in quarantine is our interaction with wildlife, especially backyard wildlife. Mm -hmm. And people will often find like little birds, baby birds on the ground, and there's this panic of like, well, I can't touch it. Uh, because then the mother will reject it and but it's like on the ground and I see its nest so what do I do like how do I and I want to reassure people you can pick up a hatchling and put it in its nest and the mother's not going to reject it the mother they don't really like the in general birds don't use their sense of smell that way they don't like smell human on their chick and then reject them based on their smell oh they huh. will. They may like avoid if they see you near the nest. They may like keep their distance for a little while because they, you know, see a human around. But they'll come right. back. So if you see, if you see a hatchling on the ground, or even like a whole nest that's fallen on the ground, you just kind of like try to figure out where it came from and put it back as close as you can to where it seems to have come from. If you find a fledgling on the ground, you oh, may not okay. need to like actually interact with it. It kind of depends. So if you see it's like a small bird, but it's got its feathers coming in and it kind of like can hop and fly around. Oh, a like bit. if it's it got may... that like furry feather phase, yeah, like it's, it's all fluffy of... and shit. Yeah, like if it's kind of actively trying to escape you, don't chase after it. Oh, right. <laughs> versus like a fair. translucent right. skin hatchling so like, that's like. Right. Don't inflict early trauma on a bird. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if it's, if, I mean, if you can't tell the difference between a hatchling and a fledgling, don't stress too much. Basically, if it just lets you scoop it up, you can scoop it up and put it back in its nest. But if it's right. like running Aware away, Aware enough you, and it's like, you're a threat. Yeah. Then, then I think you can leave it alone. Like, but I'm trying to help you. <laughs> Get in Get my, in my tight hands. grip. Uh, have you seen those videos though, like where people like uh, like at funerals, like the pastor's holding a dove to release, but oh, they God. held it too tight, and they're like, and if and his <laughs> spirit will fly like this dove, and like you throw it up, and it just like oh, flops oh, right back down. No, <laughs> it's like, no. Oh, you were squeezing it too hard during the and sermon. And then there's sir. just like following a little dove funeral. <laughs> yeah, and it's like there are some that are so epic because like there's one where this this pastor launches it, and it just goes up <laughs> in the air, and just like the arcs like. Oh no. Uh, oh no. Just, you know, just some haphazard. Oh, no. You know, yeah. you hate to see it, but just a little God. relief sometimes. The yeah. um wait, so where did that myth come from? Because I I always grew up sort of thinking like it'll that's the worst thing you could do for that little bird is like it will fully be abandoned. Like what is that based off I of mean, some like mammal right. logic or something? Yeah, probably. Same, I mean, I think yeah. it is true with some animals like mammals, you don't necessarily want to get your smell on the, the babies or mess with them because it may kind of freak out the parent a little bit. I don't think it's, I just don't think there's going to be a lot of cases where merely having sort of a slightly different smell is going to mean the parent is going to reject their offspring. Right. I do think like 
it may come from the fact that sometimes animals do reject their offspring for mysterious reasons. Yeah, like and not so, making varsity basketball. Exactly, or exactly. Or getting first tr- exactly. chair in the band for trumpet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Doing theater. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Not uh, getting okay. a five on your AP chemistry test. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cosplaying, yeah. Um, not but, getting the oboe solo. I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, mammals yeah. are, yeah. That, but that's just, yeah. but we know that because that's how mammals are and we you know, we know that's how that looking like a quote unquote little tool as you're playing the French horn. Yeah, no, we all relate <laughs> um, to this. Yeah, no, yeah my being the hey, little tool, the giraffe <laughs> on the dance team. You know, it's like all yeah. universal mam- mammalian experiences. Universal mammalian, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, but a kind of second part of the myth is I think people take it to the other direction where they're like, say, like, don't worry about picking up. Uh, nestlings and fledglings because birds don't have a sense of smell. And that's actually not true either. Some birds have don't really have that great of a sense of smell, but other birds actually do. And so uh, that's it. it's an overgeneralization to say no birds right. can smell. I'm sorry. But uh, sorry, not sorry. Uh, sorry, tur- but we don't deal with absolutes here. Right, so. exactly. Only Sith deal in absolutes. Thank you. Um, and uh, turkey vultures are so good at tracking smells of like decaying flesh because they're scavengers. Oh, right. There have even been cases where oil pipeline engineers will pump a chemical uh, that smells like rotting meat, and then they watch where the turkey vultures go and congregate at, and use it. And it's like, oh, there's a leak right there because they can smell the rotting. Oh meat. shit! Wow. wow. Yeah, I like that. Facts and knowledge. This is why Katie comes on and blesses us with her knowledge. And for people who don't know, you're not just a hobbyist. You enjoy, this is a a bit of an area of study, at least just generally in the biology, the sciences. That's why we can, that's why I call you for medical advice and you keep saying, wow, I'm I'm not the person to tell you this. And I'm like, but if you could smell this scab, I feel like you would tell me what to do about it. Does it it." smell like almonds? Because that's gangrene. Or you... Spilled almonds on Smoked you. almonds or like, natural, uncooked al- uh, almonds? Is it uh, if you taste toast, you're having a stroke? Which one is the one when you're having burnt, a stroke? Burn, I mean, are burning you eating, hair. It depends. Burning like, hair. are you eating toast at the time? Well, I'll tell you like, this. The scab yeah, doesn't I'm taste like to- almonds. Okay. So, I mean, that's as far as I can tell. I go to the hospital. Does it taste like toast, though? Oh, no, no, no. God. Yeah. <laughs> that would be absolutely a, a weird scab <laughs> at that point. It's very like salty and acidic. Hmm. We'll get into that later while our listeners dry heave. Uh, but first, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. <laughs> and we're back. And all this convention talk, uh, just want to take a moment to spotlight some of the thinkers, uh, some of the luminaries from the right that will be speaking at the Republican convention um, because it's truly, uh, truly an impressive uh, roster they've put together. Um, since it is the racist uh, fourth quarter uh, and it's time to, to just bring out all the all the tools to try and win this game, uh, it turns out that actually the, the roster of speakers looks more like it's just stacked with culture war icons and people that symbolize the violent rejection of our pleas for equality. So 
uh, the, the one of the first people we caught wind of that is going to be speaking at the convention is the MAGA teen himself, Nicholas Sandman, who was the boy who wore the uh, MAGA hat and then was in a face-to-face confrontation with a tribal elder no. uh, and then sued CNN and the Washington Post, who he That's just settled good? his multi-million dollar <gasps> lawsuits with. I don't know how much, how kicked he up this won? kid is now. He settled CNN settled his $275 million case. The Washington Post settled his $250 million case. We don't know what the settlement was for, but they settled. Um, So I don't know exactly what he is going to bring to this presidential convention, um, but maybe he will talk about how hard it is to go to private school and then maybe scare the rest of America being like, well, you know, Kamala Harris will make everyone start using S-curl in on their hair in this country uh and texturizer if she is in the white house i don't Everyone's know exactly what perm 2020 yeah everyone is getting it's like and if your baby hairs aren't laid <laughs> you will go to jail uh so the other thing I, I i really don't know what it what the point is of him um but i think it's really just this whole thing of like you you put a kid up like that who they're like they completely got him wrong because the the full context of the video, granted, like shows a little bit more than like what was sort of cropped out. But the fact is, they're gonna just prop him up there to be like, you see, liberals hate our great nation, uh, and they hate everything about America. Uh, and I think that's the sort of the the you know role he will serve. Can we? When was that video? Because in my mind, it was like seven years ago already. Yeah, the magazine. I, I it. Honestly, it was probably last summer. I mean, um, in addition to all of the other uh, larger atrocities, I also would like to say relevance. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, so we have him going. Well, uh, I just want to say quickly, mm-hmm. we made him famous. Liberals made him famous. Yeah. Um, and it's our fault. You guys, we have to stop trying to freaking. We talked about this on this podcast before. Stop trying to dunk on Republicans and, and, you know, racists because you're giving them money. We just gave this boy millions of dollars and he's a piece of shit and it's our fault. Stop retweeting this stuff so that you can dunk on somebody. You're making them rich. So how do you how would you, what would you do? Nick, the magazine shows up. You just re- it's it's about like th- what you're saying is to resist that temptation to just sort of have like the ego stacking of being like, yeah. well, if he's down here racist then I'm going to be up here for having a take on his racism. Because what good thing. does it do? Races aren't reading, um, you know, white fragility. They don't give a fuck about being better. So you're not teaching anybody anything. If you're at the actual protest and you want to come up to the little boy and I don't know, give him a shaking, then absolutely. <laughs> but if you're on Twitter, all you're doing is trying to get likes and retweets. And guess what? You're getting him likes and retweets too and now you just got the little boy paid we all have to stop that other blonde woman all them blonde women who say stupid stuff that black lady with her dry ass hair we gotta stop talking about her we have to stop yes we have to stop empowering them you know she is a (laughs) she's got more fire patrol she should have more fire patrol than like california like in our brush (laughs) fires her hair is drier than the brush honey it can go up in flames at any moment see i'm doing it right now we have to stop (laughs) see but that's what i'm saying to your point though can you do it because i'm and i'm not trying to put you out there but i have a feeling if you saw some shit you knew you could have a funny take on you would be tweeting that shit too i really don't do it when it comes to white racists i stopped doing it a long time ago you'll never see me retweeting them i think i have dragged uh miss dry hair uh once Uh or twice um and terry cruz obviously because he can't just sit there and eat his steroids he always got to be talking but even that i'm trying to limit it All right, let's talk about Steve Bannon 
Uh, I've missed I've missed just seeing his face plastered all over the news. Yeah. Uh, and he apparently is as sloppy with his embezzlement and uh, fraud as he is with getting dressed in the morning. Uh, the way that he puts on like four shirts. Do, mm-hmm. do you think that's intentional, or do you think he just like forgets that he's already got I a shirt on from he yesterday? Read, he probably read like some like GQ layering. article from like yeah 2006. That was about layering, and he just <laughs> yeah. took that like concept very literally, and he's like, yeah, right. you just <laughs> stack it up. <laughs> yeah, I wear I'm wearing 18 shirts at a time, basically anytime. So <laughs> who's the joke on? Because you look like a regular guy. <laughs> Yeah, the whole thing was uh, that whole campaign, if you remember, I think it was back in 2018 when it was the whole like, well, if the Dems are going to try and use money less recklessly, then maybe we should fund our own build the wall campaign. It was like we build the wall, go fund me, raised over twenty five million dollars for this shit. Uh, just for their, you know, wonderful monument to white supremacy. And so the four men involved in sort of like orchestrating this campaign one, they're all facing one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and one count of conspiracy to commit money laundering. Uh, and each charge carries a maximum prison sentence of 20 years, which we've seen doesn't really matter when people in orbit of Trump face these kinds of consequences. But either way, we've been keeping up with this story as it developed, because first it was like, how the f- everyone was like, how the fuck are you going to even do that? Like, you can't just build a fucking border wall because you have the money for it. Like, there's all this like these environmental impact reports, there's all these permits that have to be pulled to be done properly. And they're like, yeah, 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 we're good. Like we can figure it out. We can figure it out. At one point he was like enlisting like the oath keepers and other like right wing militias to like help out. And they kept like, like trespassing into, or like passing over into Mexico. Like that was the last time we checked in on them. Right. Yeah. international fucking dilemma where like the Mexican government is like, you're knocking debris into Mexico. Also like (laughs) this is part of Mexico and you absolutely don't own this land. And we're also talking about like disrupting again, the flow of like wildlife or water and things like that. There's not, you can't just do this because you have the money. All right, all right, all right, all right, right. we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Cut to now. They have just been exposed where apparently what they were doing was after that 25 million was raised, GoFundMe was like, you have to actually designate the recipient for this money. It can't just be like, all right, we raised the money, like, or else you can't use this platform like that. So what they did was create their own nonprofit called We Build the Wall, sent all the money over there. Then at that point, they're like, and this is obviously, this is because we care about the safety of America and keeping Browns the fuck out. So what we're going to do is we're not going to take any kind of salary or anything like that cut to we're finding out the amounts of money, like the the 350 grand went to the head of it through all these different shell game companies of being like, let's give it to this nonprofit, then put it in this bank. And then we'll do a wire transfer to this one. At one point, Bannon was like held like a million dollars in one of his nonprofits and Uh. then like gave a huge chunk back to the the founder of the group, but then saved it, had a ton of the money for his own benefit. And so that's how he got pulled into this whole thing. So they were just doing little bit of old shell gaming, uh, but it really is the most American scam where you're sort of like, hey, the threat of the Browns, look over there, white people, and then be like, yoink, yeah. sorry. Right. Brian Colfage, that's the name yeah. of one of the other guys who got arrested that I remembered from that's the, guy the last who got time the, we checked in on yeah, it. Yeah, it, it, Does arrested mean like they got a text on their phone while they were in their mansion? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, right. They're like, you're oh, in trouble. God. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> it's like the first text they get is W-Y-D. Like, uh, who's this from? That's uh, the, the city attorney. Oh. Are you in a place to receive like a, a little bit of bad news? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fine, but. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. Why don't you message me after your therapeutic treatment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't want to interrupt that. He's like, I'm actually um, out to eat without a mask on. Can I call you back? Sure, no problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wasn't this the plot of season four of Arrested Development? Like, wasn't there a whole thing, like a whole uh, scheme with building the border wall, but it was all like a shell game? Gosh. I feel like that was... Oh, is that the Netflix version? Yeah. I yeah. freaking oh, I love that show so much. and some, But that rings zero bells to me. And I'm like, did I even watch it? Yeah, that's yeah. All, like that had to have been the Netflix one because I only committed the Fox the version to like memory. Yeah, oh my yeah, gosh, yeah. that was Fox. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that isn't that that's crazy? blowing my it mind because I I had it on DVD. It was given to me like as a Christmas gift because I asked for it. Yeah, right. Yeah, I remember it was like a thing where comedy would be like, dude, do you know about Arrested Development? Like, so what's that? funny. Here's right. the here's the blessed DVD you can pass around. Where was I? I was at Rick Fox's like. Um, what gaming pool party <laughs> <laughs> yesterday? The fuck, yeah. 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 It was '96. It's Rick, Vanessa. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> it was his esports company. Uh, I think he's out mm. of it now. But I was with Jared Jeffries doing like an interview. Uh, mm -hmm. He used to play for the Nuggets, and then he became a recruiter for like esports. Anyway, oh, cool. that that's just the background, and has nothing to do with what I'm about to tell you. Um, I go to the bathroom. Still necessary. I go to the bathroom at this company. Women's, maybe. It says maybe. And what? Women's? Yeah, maybe. like the women's bathroom says uh -huh. maybe, and the boys' bathroom says oh. George Michael. Like it doesn't say. Oh, it doesn't oh say, wow. I thought M A Y B. Sorry, like no, maybe no, no. It's a bathroom. <laughs> no, the women's, it doesn't say like women's. It just says maybe. And then the men's oh, just says, wow. yeah, George Michael. Love it. Maybe Funke. <laughs> it is so funny to think about Arrested Development as a Fox show. There was like a period. Is that uh, why? Not a Rick, Rick Fox? Fox show, but uh, yeah, I, there's the connection. 20th century Rick Fox. <laughs> I mean, now who's naive? Obviously, it's all connected. Now who's naive? Uh, but there was a period where like Fox was the only channel where you could have a protagonist that wasn't like the same guy. Like it wasn't wasn't just like some like very kind like good person, um, like the anti heroes and stuff. Oh, and, oh, like with the shows that they had, with, you right? The just shows everybody that, else yeah. it had to be like this guy's a doctor and yeah. uh, he has like some daddy issues, but ultimately deep down a very good guy. I yeah, see. Like it. Jack Bauer's violent as fuck, and he's trying to kick heroin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. Oh, Fox what? was like the. <laughs> That's as edgy as we got in the <laughs> '90s, guys. Uh, and he acts extrajudicially. Coming right. to Fox, you're gonna love it. Doesn't he bite someone's aorta at one point <laughs> in one of the seasons I, of Twenty Four? I remember when that show was popping up. I just could not get into it because I don't know why. Twenty Four. It didn't bite me the same way. Yeah, everyone else was like, Dang. "Dude, Twenty Four. I was like, "I don't know, man." I was How like about, over here on I'm, Grey's Anatomy shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm gonna just smoke Twenty Four joints and like watch like music videos on a loop. <laughs> It's like that was like so much of my media diet back then. <laughs> 24 was the same writers as Homeland and they wrote it as they went along. And so it just got so absurd. I think it's you like love to same. see that, though, when they're like, it's getting away from us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like they can't do anything about it. Right. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I think it's the same thing as like soap operas where they're just like, we got no roadmap here. We're just like, yeah. what would be the wildest shit to happen this episode? We know. Oh, that's that dude's be- back from the dead? <laughs> that happened in... That happened in season one of Homeland. I was like, wait, what the fuck? That's crazy. When I like looked it up and it was the same writers as 24, I was like, aha. It's all making right. sense. We, right. we know that we said they're brother and sister, but now. They're not. <laughs> yeah. What is something you think is overrated? I mean, I've been on this show a bunch of times and I can't remember what I've said at this point, but still, mm-hmm. if I've said it before, once again, the police. <laughs> Absolutely mm-hmm. overrated. Wait, what mm-hmm. happened now? <laughs> oh, just, you know, regular shit. <laughs> I think that Musayu Jerry uh, video, you know, reignites the rage. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ugh. not to mention the, like, you know, the we, even the pandemic, we're seeing statistically police shootings have not gone down. They've not gone uh, down. Nothing's really... Also, I saw that, like, the largest uh, police union endorsed Trump or, like, sent him a bunch of, or donated to his campaign or something like that. Um, but just the police, like even after being kind of, you know, called out on their racism and inaction, have just doubled down. Yeah. You know, after whining, of course. Yeah. <laughs> have just and and you know denying denying culpability, they've just like doubled down. Were and like insisted that they're douches and that they want to align themselves with this kind of. Um, ideology, which we always knew the entire time anyway, but it's just like, it's just more surreal watching them do it openly in yeah. the daylight. And it's just like wild to see like the the violent thrashings of white supremacy, like yes. as it's dragged out into the sun more. Yes, like, yes, when yes. it was just like right in the shade and people right, knew right, it was right. there, it was like, yes. well, it's there, at least it's not in the sun. And, but right. now it's being dragged out and it's like, ah, yeah. like doing yes. every, everything it can to just like <laughs> fuck you up for doing that. But that's the thing is like we we have to endure this process because it, this is not some this is not an ideology that just came up on like TikTok overnight. This is se- it centuries of momentum. Overnight. It did not come up overnight. And I was seriously just thinking about the fallacy and the danger of that of um cooperating with white supremacists under the guise <laughs> of like reaching across the aisle under the guise yeah. of like working together and partnerships. Um, and it's just like reaching across the aisle to what? I remember like <laughs> watching this stuff on TV and I'm just like, you're literally, you don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> like you're literally reaching across the aisle to what? Right. What are they right. going to do? To white supremacists. The- like you're not going to compromise with this person. You legitimizing their stance in the first place is bananas and bonkers and absolutely ill-fated. It's never going to work. And it's just like, you know, I you, you just ruminate on these things yeah. as you watch what happens in the country. And it's just like this. That is the fallacy of like the white liberal mindset of let me stay in the middle. Let me not rock the boat. You know what I mean? Right. And it's just yeah. like, I think like, you know, moderate Democrats, you know, people who followed Trump, but insisted that they were not racist. They have to, they have to reckon with this as much as white supremacists have to, you know, like your white supremacist, like coddling and soft glove stance with it is also, should also come into question. You know, these people don't do it alone. They're not on an Island. They have help. They have Mm -hmm. accomplices. Yeah. I feel like it's more and more that line is being drawn. Uh, it doesn't yes. surprise me at all. That the- it's taken a really long time, but it's it's finally happening. And I'm just like, maybe it just took America. Maybe we have to really, really. It had to get down to this. <laughs> yeah. we, it had to get real bad for people to understand what's at stake. 
Yeah, well, and it's I'm glad just, yeah. it's finally happening. It's like also this like continuum of of people who live here and the timeline on which they begin to see how bad things are in the country yes. and how bad the policies have been since time immemorial. Yeah. And I think for if you're part of a mar- marginalized group whose history already intersects with the brutal nature of this country and its government, yes. then you've probably you're a little bit quicker up the timeline of being like, right, I don't right. really I don't have like star spangled lenses on when right, I look right, at this right, place. Right. I'm, I'm looking through the reality. lens of like, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I'm hurting. My family's not doing well. I have right. people who don't have health insurance, people who don't know if they'll ever go to college, people who will never own a home. That's one lens people look at it through. And then there are people who through their privilege and the hand they're dealt are blessed enough that those those ills might not be as close to them. So they're all kind of looking like, what's everyone complaining about? Yeah, like, right. It's not that exactly. bad. And that's the moment where you have to say, oh, please take a moment. To yeah. just just take a moment. Don't think what's wrong with these people. Just think, is it possible that the country could be that bad experientially for some people that live here? Is that possible? Because well, if, if you can acknowledge that, then you have to be able to begin taking yeah. those next steps of like, okay, well, then there's something we can do to ask for better because I, of this. I feel like our mistake for so long was this, um, like assuming that Americans were more morally exceptional than they actually were, that people could see this without it personally directly affecting them. And I kind of just feel like, okay, it just took your country, your democracy literally crumbling (laughs) and you understanding that my liberation is also your liberation. You understanding that if you watch the police murder a black person in daylight, that affects you too. Sandra Bland is also you. So Mm -hmm. is Eric Garner. It's not just some black man. It is a human being with human rights. And when you let that person's human rights go, yours yours come into question too. And I feel like everybody's blinders you know these um this false sense of security that people have had that's had to come crashing down um it's jarring and, and put us all in danger you know like so so it just also feels just like yeah like we all have to literally come to <laughs> like the crossroads of we might all like it might get really really bad just for people to realize that Hey, um, a black life matters. Yeah, you know? and just to know. be yeah, and to be honest enough to say it's bad. It's it is really bad, bad. and it, yeah. it might not be my fault. But the the first step is just to acknowledge that mm-hmm. it's bad for many other people, and then yeah. you know nobody again nobody's saying what? Why did you do this? It's right, like right, saying right. we need more people to realize that it's bad. So when you see things like Medicare for all or student debt relief, be like, nah, we're not going to get to that. Be like, well, hold on. Because right. even though my debts are paid off or I have a six-figure income in which I don't have right, to worry right. about my student debt, dot, 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 there are people who are in the completely antithetical position, or the complete opposite position of me, and they do need help. And there yeah. isn't anything wrong for advocating on their behalf because you should be like, well, yeah, I'm chilling. I would like everybody to be chilling. I think like even putting it in the terms of like, you know, let's pay off everybody's debt, which I feel like, okay, that would be, if we paid off people's federal student loans, that would be amazing. But even if we don't pay off everybody's debt, you know, making it so that literally anybody could go to college, that yeah. is, to me, is is what we're talking about. It's not talking about like giving people, letting people off scot-free, which people don't like to see if that's the, the case. And it's just like, yeah. all right, fine. If we don't want to see people off scot-free, just make it so that nobody should have to worry about the cost of going to college. Nobody should have to get into crushing debt to go to college. Why can't we have free state college? Why can't we have free public college? You yeah. know, you can still have your Harvards. You can still have your insanely overpriced colleges. But 
as long as everybody has access to education, that's that's the point. Yeah. It's and it's about just like beginning to reformat this idea of things that we've culturally been like shovel fed the idea right. of like our privileges. Like right, it's a right. privilege to go to the university. It's a privilege to get healthcare. It's a yeah. fucking privilege to be able to live. Like we have to begin shifting these things for the like normal thing to say is these shit these things this are rights, rights and yeah. these right. things should be free. Like and if we gotta break it down for Gen Z, it should be like the new campaign is that shit should be free. Medicare, your medical insurance, that shit should be free. It's just like, if I'm going to pay taxes, why should my taxes go to a a murdering police station? Right. You know, like, I don't know if this is also true, but I feel like I read, I'm not going to say I feel, I think I read that um, a lot of these civil suits that families bring against police are paid out of the police budget. So they're paid out of tax payers yep. budget right. especially so in why LA that's they, 100% true yeah so it's like why aren't they being paid why aren't these uh wh- why are the taxpayers having to foot the bill for murder <laughs> like yeah, that right. doesn't make any sense we are right. paying the insurance policy to keep them murderous. yes at, like, the, at the very least like it should it should hit their budget in a way that they are permanently uh they get there's a permanent cost to l- lives yeah. lost right. for no reason it's just nothing makes sense i was just gonna talk about this brianna taylor thing because i keep saying like i feel like this call to you know arrest the cops it's like why are we talking about arresting cops these guys are following orders Uh, uh, what about the mayor (laughs) what about the what about the people who who called for who let the no no knock warrant happen the state ag like it's just like you know we it's to me it's the same thing as like blaming individual white people for racism which I which nobody is doing but white people sometimes seem to think that that's the case. It's like it's not this individual thing. It's like this very structural thing that could change so that it, when individuals don't follow, you know, protocol, when individuals hurt other individuals, they you know, we have structures set up They're so that they pay that, yeah. exactly so that they pay consequences yeah. for it. And I think Everything's that's stupid. That's what it, I, we'll, we'll kind of get into that sentiment too with this sort of like yeah. IG activism thing because it's taking something yeah. that's really complex that makes yes. sense, which is arrest the people that killed Brianna. Like, yes, right, right, very right. narrowly, absolutely, mm-hmm. these people murdered her. Right, right. So get them. But there's also this thing where we're taking like that, whereas activists are thinking on a much larger scale, but we have this thing where we we're starting to distill it down to these really oversimplified right, right, sort of right. sentiments, and we're lo- we're losing the real thrust right. of what we are what we've been screaming for. What we're screaming um, for is policy, yeah. fundamental structural change. That's what yeah. we're screaming for. Yeah, but they're like, oh, but this, but this uh, precinct captain yes. can break can yes. break dance like he was in breaking too. Yeah, it's like, no. and he kneeled. Yeah. And he did right. the black power fist and he took a picture with some little black kids on a basketball court. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, get out of here. And I feel like on the other side of that line that's being drawn, the like when, when we saw when we looked at that clip of the New York uh, police union representative, like just having oh, yeah, a just crying a complete. Yeah, yeah. Like a tantrum. Absolute tantrum. Like th- this is there's been this underlying sort of alliance between white supremacists and the police and a feeder system of, you know, back and forth, white supremacists becoming police, police becoming white supremacists. There's there was an open uh, white supremacist gang in the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. Um, and I just I 
can easily just like looking at the next 10 years, whether Trump wins or loses and claims the election was rigged or uh, loses convincingly, but everybody's mad about it. Like I could really see this sort of, you know, the developing fascist wing of yes. our country allying itself with this sort of uh temper tantrum police force that feels like it's losing power and like that yeah. just needs to be something that we're prepared for because America's not above that and that is yeah. how you know that how things just completely fall apart and it seems like it's happening in real time in front of us mm -hmm. yeah our president is stoking that fire actively daily yeah yeah and now that he's stoked it I just don't know how you put it out without just completely uh abolishing the existing police force yeah. um like yeah and saying. then and then just again like you said you drag all this white supremacist shit out into the sun it's gonna start thrashing same yeah. with the, it's gonna and like we're not even beginning to see what that thrashing looks like with law yeah. enforcement because like right now they're just dealing with a lot of people who are saying a lot of things and municipalities some are acting quicker than others but it's not quite getting to that existential point, and I can only—we've only seen the kind of underhanded bullshit tactic, like they—they they, they put a tampon in my frap or right. whatever the fake shit is, what like what that looks like <laughs> when they like... need when they need more hardcore narratives to justify yeah. their abuse. And all yeah. that this this is all being caused by like the only reason we have these conversations around these specific incidents is because we're able to see specifically what is happening on video without that without that objective evidence like none of this happens so it's right. just them being caught and then being like fuck you right. for catching us yeah. um white supremacy is kind of like fucking like narnia or some shit like only the people that seen it believe in it and other people be like ah oh, come on that's <laughs> right. that's that's it's a bunch so of true. and i'm like look in, look in my fucking eyes i have been to motherfucking narnia bro i'm not lying this shit is fucked it's up so true. please believe me look at all these other people millions of us have seen it and just oh. trust us and look even your friend who you thought would never have been to narnia he had also been to narnia can you can you please understand this is not some fake shit it's like the, there's levels where you almost you ha some people just if they haven't experienced it firsthand they're just so unwilling to just acknowledge the sort of the dark depths that these institutions can go to right i wrote this um essay called the absurd reality of being black in america just this one essay after i was devastated after george floyd but i'll share it with you guys because that's what it's talking about oh fantastic oh awesome yeah is yeah, it well, online so we can link off to yeah it yeah in the mm -hmm. footnotes right now oh, oh yeah wonderful. everybody's gonna see it in the footnotes footnotes <laughs> um all right guys let's take one more break and we'll be right back And we're back. What is something you think is underrated? Um, something I think is underrated. Sorry, peeing in the shower. <laughs> you know, you looked at us and noted and knew that we were. Do two we look like I think that you in the shower. pee in the shower? But I guess I'm saying whatever. You know, I don't even know why. Sorry, I said sorry. I, I think we're in the large. majority. The shower, so, the pee shower. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah. Look, I. We are. Every, you know, speaking of. The next topic, uh, I think it's a myth that women can't aim for the drain. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Or point their pee. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> I've seen it. I'm, you know, I actually very- had a moment where I basically had my four-year-old. He was taking a shower, and he was like, "I got to get out to go to the bathroom." And I was like, "Do you? You're do in I, the bathroom. Do I just buddy. tell him? Like, yeah, like, do I just tell him now? Like, your your know. wife busts down the door like the Kool Aid Man. She's like, "Do not right. tell him to pee in right. the shower." You're wearing the bathroom, so <laughs> the bathrooms all around us. There yeah, are a few yeah. people who really get incensed by the idea of like urinating in the shower. And I understand if like very narrowly, it's like it's urine everywhere. But on the other side of it, it's like it's being immediately flushed down yeah. with water. Right. Right. Uh, and, and also it- like I'm not d- I drink enough water. I'm not doing like the wild highlighter yellow pee that's like stinking <laughs> up the, the whole building. Like, right. you know, don't they say don't it's, a st- it's sterile? Is that a, is that a myth? It's sterile. Yeah, it's Maybe not t- uh, like you shouldn't drink it. It's not good for you, but it's sterile in the sense that it doesn't have any like living uh, bacteria or viruses in it. So, there so you, you can get no sick from pee. drinking pee? I think it's just not good for you. Yeah. You Even shouldn't. if it's your own? <laughs> Miles, this is That's my favorite last time we Kingpin. talked about this 45 <laughs> minutes ago. Uh, or last time we talked about this, it lasted 45 minutes. So don't you remember I just that have Kingpin? <laughs> no, no, I actually don't. Hey, Roy, that. you get sick from drinking your own pee. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, even if it's your own. And like, Woody Harrelson just looks at him like, what the fuck, dude? And he's like, huh. 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 Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I steal most of my materials from shitty Fairly Brothers movies that I saw right. in 13 Row. <laughs> Which one was uh, that? Kingpin is not shitty. Kingpin. Oh, I just watched it recently. Kingpin. Uh, and so your myth is that women can't aim. No, I just added that in there. My with my myth <laughs> oh. is I'm the myth of Jiffy peanut butter. Okay. There is no Jiffy peanut butter. What? There's Jiff and Skiffy, uh, but no Jiffy. Oh, what shit. the fuck? In a way, I can prove that's that weird. I never is a, critically thought about that because when you said, it, I'm like, yeah, there's Jiffy, right? And I'm like, and then I'm like, wait, no, it is Jiff. It can be, it can be simple. Wow, proved. that's uh, like one of those uh, Berenstain Bears or Shazam, the movie Shazam with uh, is it Sinbad? What was Shaq's uh, wizard movie? Or Kazam? Oh, Kazam. Kazam. He's Kazam. I am Kazam. There's like this merging that happens in people's mind where they think that there's a movie called Shazam. <laughs> I mean, there Sinbad. is with uh, what's his face. Um, a recent one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recently, right. recently. Uh, with Chuck from uh, the TV. From the Zachary TV. Levi, right? Zachary Levi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that's so weird. I hadn't even thought about that. That Jiffy. I have definitely believed that Jiffy is a peanut butter and based my entire life around it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Do you I got a favorite peanut tattoo butter? altered. <laughs> oh, let me just Google how much it's going to take. A cover up. <laughs> it's all off center. Cause I took the F and the Y. They're like, why is it left? <laughs> oh, nothing, nothing. If they had a little uh, mascot. Fa- you oh, I like, uh, it. what's that one? Laura Scudders. What? Is that how you say that one? The natural one. I haven't even heard of that. Yeah. That's the one like in the glass one butter? that like separate because it's just straight up salt and peanuts. Uh, I think it's called Laura Scudders. That right? separates and that you have to stir together and then yeah. it like drips out. You saying Laura Scudders so much? Laura Scudders. Because <laughs> I was always Scudders. like, I, oh, it's one of those. Th- I think also because Scudder you butter. Said, <laughs> <laughs> Give me that Scudder butter. She was a uh, yeah. The woman was an entrepreneur. 
Like she has like yeah. a whole backstory starting in Monterey Park. I think maybe that's why. Like I don't know. I remember that was like the my my dad uh, would always buy the peanut butter like, and it would never be Jif because like that's not peanut butter. And my mom didn't care because she's from Japan, so it didn't matter to her. So I was that's what I had, and I was like, man, I want it to be smooth, not like this rough shit. Right. And then as I got older, I'm like, now nah, this has like that good ass peanut flavor. So isn't it funny the things that change as you age? Yeah. The that's one How thing we become that I, our haven't, parents. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I haven't been able to change my allegiance to breakfast cereals. Like I can't do the like Kashi or like, you know, the actual the natural, bullshit. the <laughs> bullshit, the sticks and bark. I still need, I still need like the name brand cereals that I grew up with. And I still need the like, you know, chemically derived GIF and Skippy right. peanut butter, Yeah, uh, which I, I definitely would have said Jiffy if, if, uh, you hadn't just busted that myth. I busted uh, it right out of the jar. What's your favorite brand? Now I have to talk to my financial uh, advisor because to so much of my money is uh, is in Jiffy peanut butter. <laughs> I like, uh, I'm trying to think, here's the thing. Um, Justin's, I would eat. Just, Justin's peanut butter is also the kind, like, I get the little oh, packets yeah. and go yeah, yeah. in the airport we when I would travel office. and then put it on, like, Put it on the apple, take a bite. Like that was my plane on the road snack. Ah, so good. Um, yep. But there's nothing like a Wonder Bread Jif, yeah, smooth yeah, yeah, peanut yeah, butter, yeah. and like a, I guess Smuckers. I would say strawberry jam. Yeah. Or do a jalapeno jelly. What? No, All not right. for me. Yeah, but right here I with like- your California bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, get that jalapeno jelly. I remember red pepper jelly. Put that on a turkey sandwich. Woo! Yeah, red pepper jelly is fine. Jalapeno jelly. Uh, Super producer Anna Hosnier loves it too. She blessed me with a jar recently that I, I I've already used up because I love like pepper jellies. Great for you know eating anything really. So the one thing uh, domestic thing my dad was like <coughs> really good at was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like he because really he would do. He yeah, look. It's not. It's not a high bar, but uh, <laughs> he, he would put the peanut butter on both sides and then the jelly in the middle, so it wouldn't oh, like soak the bread. It was so good. But uh, it does risk. It does risk a bite shifting. and at the bottom. Yeah. 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 But that's kind of something I'm into. <laughs> the blowout. Risk. The. I love how we're like. One thing eye. my dad was good at was looking at me every now and then. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like every fifth time, I was like, "Dad, look, I'm on the diving board." Uh, so you right. had a, you had the WAP tactics for eating that sandwich. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> what is something you think is overrated? Something I think is overrated is a little bit personal, which is grad school. Uh, I am a PhD school dropout, and while cleaning my apartment, I found an old journal from when I was in grad school, and reading it, I was, y'all, I was so broke, and I hated my life so much, so I'm going to say grad school, overrated. How long ago did you drop out? I dropped out of grad school, God, like 10 years ago, so kind of a while ago, Mm -hmm. kind of a while ago now. Um, So that's enough distance. Yeah, yeah that is enough distance. I went to University of Maryland College Park, and I was trying to get a doctorate in African-American women's literature. Okay. Um, yeah, it was looking back like I, I really reading reading this old journal entry. I had a flood of all these memories of just being very broke and also working as an adjunct. And in Ooh. the journal, I describe going to a, a meeting with like actual professors and adjuncts 
where the professor at the end of the meeting was like, Bridget, would you like to take these bagels home? Because I know you're have no money. And he was right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That would be the same way if I look back on like when I was a PA uh, and like, you know, just doing like my like Hollywood odd jobs where like, yeah, very much like someone who had me on a shoot be like, hey, you want to take the crafty home, man? Because I know you got roommates. <laughs> and I'm like, I would, sir. And thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you. Even thank though you these, kind, sir. Even though these Popeye's biscuits are harder than hockey pucks, I will drop some water in them and bring them back to life in the yeah. microwave. Thank you, sir. Yes, you want to be insulted, but you also, you know, what? But low that? key, you're like, fuck yeah, I'm going to take this shit. I'm broke as fuck. Are you kidding me? I'll, I'll take the loose potatoes too, because I could I could fuck with those later. I'll make hash browns. I don't know, but just, I'll, yes, I'll take everything. <laughs> loose potatoes. I remember what, very specifically what, what California. Were you PAing on? This was another, oh, well, first of all, when I used to work on Hell's Kitchen, the Gordon Ramsay show, Oh, okay. they would okay. let the uh, they would let that the production sense. staff they would let us have at the ingredients that they would use for the the night's challenge every day. So like I, I remember one night I brought home I'm not joking a motherfucking hefty like construction shopping bag full of shishito peppers. Wow, oh my God. that's too many. Like it's not even yeah you can't. How do can much one man have so many peppers? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but like that was like the vibe there. And it, but there, there is an excitement when you get the the potatoes was from another shoot, uh, and that was to do with California Chicken Cafe, and they were like roasted potatoes, and I was like, I can just make like little potato patties out of potato pancakes with these when I get home, put them in the food processor. That's what I did. Oh my god, I don't want to derail the episode, but I'm obsessed with Gordon Ramsay, and I have so many questions. So this many episode oh. has no rails, by the yeah. way. I think you that... heard the intro, right? <laughs> can, I, can, can I? Can I just ask you one heard thing? Heard my AK. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know this show. But yeah, but thank you so much. Yes, yeah. Well, that... Normally we are so focused, <laughs> um, but for this one moment, I will indulge your question, Bridget. Yes. Okay. Is it so? I I have watched all the Gordon Ramsay properties. Yeah. Same. On the kids' show, he's so sweet to the kids. It's it's mm-hmm. adorable to watch him interact with the kids. But as you know, on the on the adult show, he's his whole thing is like being kind of mean. Is it an act, or is he actually kind of a gruff person? He's well, it, okay. So I didn't work on MasterChef Kids. I know someone that did, and says he, he's he's. I mean, he's overall a kind guy. That's what um, I've heard. He turns it on when you're cooking. Then you enter his world, where now he has a take on the shit you're doing. Like if you're just walking around, he's gonna be like, "Oi." What's with your hat? It's not like, you know, it's like when, so for example, on the, one of the seasons, I worked on two seasons of Hell's Kitchen. Um, on one of the seasons, he changed the craft services company uh, two, I think three times in the season because he felt the craft meal wasn't up to his standard for what the wow. crew should be eating. So like he would come by and just taste like, like sort of make a small plate of whatever the crew was eating. And then the next day there'd be a new crew there. And we're like, what wow. happened to like, he didn't like the food. Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen that video of him, of him having another chef taste his pad thai? And he's so, he's so excited to get- Oh, and the guy's like- <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's, it's bad? The best. Yeah. Well, because it's like a Thai chef who's like, bro, this is some like- This is whack. I don't know what this is, fool, but like, don't- this is, I'm going to take and this he's disrespect. Sad. <laughs> and he's so Gordon sad. He's so sad. The guy, uh, the guy, he's like, he's like, what do you think about it? Do you like it? Do you like it? And he goes- Eh. And then he's like, uh, well, you know, what do you think? And the guy's like, what do you want to know about it? He like, what do you like? <laughs> what do you want to know about it? Is you should not definitely look it feedback. up. Yeah, it's great, yeah, because like tables, it's so it's such an inversion of power of what you're used to seeing in any kind of Gordon Ramsay clip. That's so funny. Um, 
the the most delicious food has ever been to me is working as like a busboy or a dishwasher in the kitchen, seeing like all this delicious food and just being broke and hungry. And then like getting a plate of French fries with hollandaise sauce or some oh, shit yeah. like that. So oh, another thing too, Hell's Kitchen. So, you know, I don't well, it's 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 a reality show, but you know, quote unquote reality. So like sometimes the 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 servers like walk away from the past, like as if they're gonna put food on a table, but they aren't, and it's just for the shot, and they walk straight through the set and go to this other back corner where they'll just put the plates down and the the knife fights that we had over those plates oh, that would be yeah. like they're like I mean you got the you got to taste the duck last <laughs> night I never had duck I'm uh, gonna try it and then you're like this shit is so good and then you just but it is so like that good, moment where you're man. like when what where do I have to be to eat like this all the time but that <sighs> still like affects my taste in food is like I I love French fries with hollandaise sauce I love Italian food because I worked. Like when I was in high school, I was a busboy and a dishwasher at an Italian restaurant where they had like solid food, but like that food just looked so good to me too, that it right? just like yeah, just the the dream of that that's, food. Was like, that's the reason why I love Domino's is because when I worked at the laser tag place doing kids' birthday parties, yeah. that was the pizza place we had to deal with. So if you had the birthday, we'd be like, okay, so we order from Domino's, and whenever you'd clean up. Half the time, the parents don't want to take back like a half a pizza. So we right. take it in the back and the starving high school kids devour the shit out of it. And I remember like you would have 10 minutes between your like three o'clock party and your 315 party. And oh, I would yeah. have to fucking like like condense five slices in like a like a baseball and just like eat it like that. <laughs> eat it like but an it, apple. But it was like so good too, to the point where like I always have those memories of eating Domino's and be like, this is sustaining me. Until a massive celebrity can then watch you clean up and be like, yeah. Yeah, there have been a few. Uh Dr. Dre, yeah, maybe Wild Uncomfortable. Oh, have you talked about that? I didn't know her name and name. Harrison Ford caught me with uh, my pants down because I had ice cream or I had ice cream cake all over my pants that I had to, like, a kid threw a slice of ice cream cake at my crotch. uh, And I, like, I needed to clean, like, because you, in one day at my job, you would do like three or four birthday parties, like, in your shift. And so in between them, I was like, I can't go out there. Like, I need new pants. So I was like furiously cleaning them. And Harrison Ford came the back door and like just like opened the back door. And I'm there with my pants around my knees, like a washcloth, like scrubbing the crotch of my pants, like in my underwear. And it's him and Callista Flockhart. And he has like his like sunglasses and he dropped them, like (laughs) sort of like to look at me. And he goes, Is this that laser zone place? I'm like, uh, I'm like, I was like, the entrance is in the front, Mr. Ford. And he's like, and he just didn't even say thank you. He was just so like, if yeah. I think I fucked his day up. Um, but <laughs> like you can that's a whole podcast. Masturbating or whatever you were yeah, doing. Yeah, like whatever there. this yeah. is, you freaky freak boy. <laughs> masturbating with ice cream cake. Yeah, like, right. yeah looking at Callista, he's <laughs> like, I told you these kids are fucked. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this week's weekly Zeitgeist. Please like and review the show. If you like the show, uh, means the world to Miles. He he needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.